Welcome to NASCAR America. Carolyn Mano and Kyle Petty with you. Big news out of Michigan today from one of NASCAR's legends and also from Ford, which revealed the new Mustang for next season today. So let's start with that right there. All 13 Ford drivers currently competing in the Cup Series were on hand at Ford headquarters in Dearborn, Michigan for today's big unveiling. And a familiar driver behind the wheel as well as Stuart Haas team co-owner Tony Stewart had the honor of firing up the Mustang which will be featured for the first time in the Cup Series next year. Kevin Harvick and his boss joined Marty Snyder after the big reveal. Well the guy who's going to drive the Mustang and a guy who has driven the Mustang so forever you'll be the first guy to drive the Cup Series Mustang. Yeah it's pretty cool it's a, a pretty cool honor to uh, have followed all these guys in this whole line of Mustangs. All of them had nice soft seats, air conditioning, and I got to drive a car with a rough seat, no air conditioning. It's all right, but it was pretty cool. It was it was really neat. I was, um, you know, that's the first time I've been back in a stock car since uh, Homestead in '16. So uh, that was a pretty cool honor. It is pretty cool. Sorry you didn't have any AC right. or very good. So you had the safest seat. You had a carbon fiber seat. I had a cooler seat, oh, okay. not not cooler temperature-wise, but style-wise, style I had wise. a cooler seat. Meanwhile, this guy had they AC. Had go, they had to go find that seat. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the antique section. <laughs> Very good. So so for you, you guys who got to drive the production Mustangs, pretty cool. You had a 20-mile trip from the Mustang plant up to here. So kind of cool to see the debut and all that happened here at Ford today. It really is, and I, I think for, for me it's just uh, another step in seeing the commitment that Ford has to not only Stuart Haas Racing but NASCAR in, in general with all the things that they're doing because designing that car and, uh, putting that car on a racetrack may seem easy to most people, but there's a whole process that, that goes behind that. And when you look at all the parts and pieces and everything that Ford Performance gives us, I mean, it's it's uh, what's helping make Stuart Haas Racing into, into what it is today. So having the Mustang on the track is, is really neat for not only us, but our sport in general. All right, I want to talk to the boss about 2018. Is Stuart Haas stronger than it's ever been right now, Tony? I definitely think so. Uh, you know, you look at how the four drivers and teams are working together. Uh, you look at where our program is. I, I think we've made some big gains uh, upstairs uh, in the engineering department that, uh, you know, that's obviously the direction our sport's going. Engineering is such a big factor in it now, and I feel like we've got a really good group of people, uh, you know, on the mechanical side, but also on the aero side that know how to work together and, and tie it all together to make it right for these guys. So, uh, you know, four great drivers, four great crew chiefs, teams that all have have a great synergy right now and it's uh it's an atmosphere that, that i don't think i've ever seen at stewart house racing it's been awesome this year this guy leaned on you a lot in his championship year do you let him ride this year or when do you kind of interject as he's going to make another run for a championship the great thing about him is and i hate saying it from him because he, he does get a big head occasionally but he, he's plug and play really i mean you don't have to tell him anything you know he I honestly feel like Kevin's the most well-rounded driver in the sport. I mean, he knows every aspect of it. He's been an owner, he's a driver, uh, and he knows how to organize people. And, and he's a huge asset. He's a huge reason why Stuart Haas Racing is in the state that it's in right now. He, he just is a great leader, and, uh, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to help him. I mean, he, he's, once you get through that first championship, then you know what to expect. And that was where I helped the first time. But, uh, you know, now he, he's just got such a, a good feel for everything that, um, you know, you really don't have to you don't have to do anything. You just kind of 
plug him in there and let him go do what he does. That's high praise coming from two yeah. feet away from the boss man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, and, and I, you know, it, it really comes down to what these guys give us, and that's kind of been the motto that they've had from the beginning. That's been a lot different for me, you know, as in a lot of situations before. You know, it's well, we don't we don't really want your input, and now it's you know we want your input. We want you to be a part of the process. They want the driver's input. They want the crew chief's input, and that that's what makes it great. Is everybody's always thinking. All right, Kevin trying to bring his championship to Stuart Haas this year, but first Michigan this weekend where he finished second in June. Marty, thank you. And the Ford Mustang was not the only thing revealed in Michigan. Our NASCAR and NBC reporter Nate Ryan joins us now. Nate, you spoke with Tony Stewart at the unveiling shortly after he spoke with Marty. What did he tell you? Uh, he told us, Carolyn, that he wants to run the Indianapolis 500 again. And it could happen, it sounds like, as early as next year. And this is significant for two reasons, Carolyn. One is that Words can't explain how much the Indianapolis 500 means to Tony Stewart. He's been attaining that race for more than 40 years since he was a child. It's the race that he wants to win more than anything else in the world, and he's come close in five previous tries. And the other reason significant is that Tony has downplayed this. Uh, the last time he ran the Indianapolis 500 was in 2001, and we gradually just stopped asking when he was going to run this race again because he's just been downplaying it so much. We didn't think that he would ever open the door to running the Indy 500 again. So that he's telling us today that this isn't out of the question and it sounds like it's something he'll be exploring for next season. That really makes it uh, very significant that we could see him in this race next year. And Nate, with that in mind, why do you think the timing is right now for him? I think that confidence is really key to Tony Stewart, much like any driver, Carolyn. And he's got his swagger back. Uh, this is his second year out of NASCAR since retiring from Cup. In his first year, he thought he was doing a lot of dirt racing. He only ran 45 races last year because he struggled a lot in trying to adapt back to sprint cars. This year, he's already run 62 sprint car races, and he told us that he just feels more and more confident every time he is in the car. So I think he's just looking for new challenges now that he feels as if he's gotten back to confidence that wasn't always there in his last few seasons in Cup. Uh, All that being said, he isn't going to go into this cold uh, he did tell us that if he runs the Indy 500, he wants to run at least one, maybe two IndyCar races, IndyCar races to knock the rust off. Uh, he cited Danica Patrick, who kind of parachuted into the Indy 500 as an example of what he wouldn't want to do. He would want to get up to speed and go into that race feeling as if he could be a contender and feeling as if he could win it. He also needs to find a team and a sponsor, of course, but one-offs are not unusual at the Indy 500. The last few years, we've seen Danica Patrick and Fernando Alonso from Formula One attempt this race. So I think if Tony Stewart wanted to do it, we could see him in 2019. All right. So a bit of news that we didn't expect from today's reveal. Nate, thank you. Kyle, want to welcome you into this discussion. What is your reaction to Tony Stewart's interest in the Indy 500? Yeah, I think Nate said it, said it best. Words can't describe what Indy means to Tony Stewart. That's where he grew up. That's where he wanted to be. That's where he was. Uh, we were very, very fortunate in stock car racing and NASCAR to pluck him out of the IndyCar series and bring him over here and have him be such a great ambassador, such a great champion uh, for our sport. I I will say this. I do like what he says about going in uh, and running additional races before he runs Indy. And I I think he's – that shows his respect for the sport. That shows his respect for for Dixon and Newgarden and and those guys. That shows that he respects those drivers, that he doesn't believe that he can just go in and cherry-pick a race from those guys – especially the Indy 500, that he has to be at the top of his game, too. Uh, so I, I like he's saying all the right things. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he's got to get back in race shape. 
And there is such thing as race shape. And it's not a physical look. It's not whether you're overweight or underweight. It's just race shape. It's being in a car, running miles, understanding what it does to your body over a three or 400 mile period. Uh, and I don't think you get that running sprint cars. He's going to have to run uh, a couple of races to get back in race shape. Kyle, just quickly, going back to Marty's interview with Kevin Harvick as well, it stuck out to me that Kevin mentioned the word commitment when he talked about the unveiling and the new Mustang. How much do you think that matters to Kevin Harvick? What's your interpretation of what this moment means for them moving forward? Everything, everything for them. Uh, I, I think those guys, you know, Tony, or excuse me, Kevin, uh, he drove for another manufacturer his entire career until he went to Stuart Haas Racing and made that commitment to Tony and made that commitment to the Blue Oval and Ford. And I think when he talks commitment, the commitment that the Blue Oval, that Ford has to that race team and what Kevin Harvick's commitment is, that they listen to what he has to say, they listen to what the drivers have to say, and he sees Ford as a true part of their race team, not a manufacturer, not a guy or not a group that's just, hey, we'll give you some engineering. I think he looks at that commitment from Ford as a true partnership and a true alliance. All right, we're going to go back to Marty in Michigan in just a little while on the show. And also a reminder, Dale Jr. Download coming your way 530 Eastern. No subject off limits for Jr. this week. Plenty of reaction to Chase Elliott's win and what that means for the sport as well. So that's coming up in just a couple minutes. But next, Pete Pistoni fills us in on what the fans are talking about on Sirius XM Radio ahead of a big weekend at Michigan. Is there a new face? of NASCAR and who is Pete's prediction for Sunday's winner. He's coming up. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back, everybody. Every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, our NASCAR personalities join the morning drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni. It's Channel 90 on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, and it is worth tuning into as we welcome the co-hosts of the morning drive now, Pete Pistoni. So, Pete, today's show featured a great discussion about the face of NASCAR. Explain that discussion and, and what that yielded from the fan base. Well, Chase Elliott's win on Sunday, Carolyn, I think was probably one of, if not the most popular win we've had with the fans in some time. So the conversation started to shift to, is he going to be the person that represents this sport, not just inside the NASCAR universe, but outside the NASCAR universe? You know, we're getting ready for the NFL season. We talk about, is Tom Brady still the face of the NFL? Is LeBron James still the face of the NBA, even though now he's with the Lakers? I think we don't really have a face of the sport right now. And a lot of fans felt might, it might be Chase Elliott, but a lot of other fans felt that maybe the face of NASCAR isn't just one person. It's three people, the big three, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, and, and Kyle Busch. So I think that's going to be an interesting conversation to see as we go forward. And if Chase Elliott can continue to be successful, I think he's got the opportunity to pick up that mantle and maybe be the face of this sport. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to say this. It's, I think having Dale Earnhardt Jr. be the face of the sport for so many years and now talk of, of Chase Elliott just shows in some strange way where the sport is. We're still tied to our old fans in some, some strange way because we've got guys like Ryan Blaney. We've got guys like Daniel Suarez. We've got guys uh, with tons of personality, tons of personality, Bubba Wallace, guys on and off the racetrack who really haven't done a lot yet. And Chase, is, he's won a championship in the Xfinity Series. And yes, he's won a cup race, one single cup race. Uh, so do you become the face of NASCAR with one single cup race? And that's what I, I, I want to ask you, Pete. You hear from the fans. How, how do we get to that point where a guy who wins one race is now the future of the sport? 
Yeah, I think you're right, and I don't think you can put the cart before the horse, Kyle. I really don't. I mean, you know, when you talk about people in other sports that are faces of those sports, there's a success that you attach to them. Chase winning for his first time in 99 starts is a start, but I also think he's got that built-in popularity, and you said that connection to our old fan base. There's no doubt having him be Bill Elliott's son has opened the door for him. You can attest to what it means to be the son of a famous race car driver. But once you get to that point, it's all on you. And I think Chase Elliott has to continue to sustain what we saw on Sunday over the course of some time in order for him to take that mantle for me of being the face of the sport. Yeah, Kyle poses such a great question there. But let's move on, Pete, to the news that we found out today in Michigan about Tony Stewart possibly contemplating a return to the Indy 500 or maybe a couple races previewing previewing that to get ready for that. Um, what do you think the fan reaction is going to be to see Tony Stewart get behind the wheel of a car again if he indeed does? I think it's going to be overwhelmingly popular, Carolyn. And I'll tell you, I was surprised to hear Tony say that today at the Ford event up there in Michigan. But I know that the fans, when Tony stepped out of the cup car and out of the NASCAR world on a full-time basis, embraced the fact that he could go out there and run sprint car races. He hasn't done as much as that as he had hoped. But I think bringing him to the Indy 500, if he does that, I think the fans are going to love that. And I think it's great. I think it brings more attention to to that event. I also do think, even though Tony doesn't run full-time here as a team owner at Stewart House Racing, it helps the NASCAR world as well. So I think the fans are going to really like that if Tony follows that dream of going back to Indianapolis. Hey, real quick, Pete, before we let go, um, who are you taking at Michigan this weekend and why? I know you're a big fantasy guy. Give us a a pick. Yeah, you know, I I look at the numbers, and Chase Elliott's been really good up there, but I, I can't get away from the fact that here we are in race 23, guys, and Kyle Larson has not won a race yet. He's won three of the last four. He had a good run going this past June. He spun out, and he didn't have the best finish. But I, I, my gut tells me Kyle Larson's going to go to victory lane. I think when I put my fantasy team together, we'll talk about it on Sunday with Fantasy Racing Preview at Sirius XM NASCAR Radio with my co-host Brendan Gone, by the way, who's going to be racing a mid-Ohio in the Xfinity Series race and doing some NBC FN work that day as well. I think Kyle Larson's going to lead my fantasy team and wind up at victory lane in the Irish Hills. Love it, Pete. We look forward to it. Thanks very much. See you guys. <laughs> See ya. All right, coming up next, Kyle, we're going to check back in with Marty. He caught up with a pair of Penske drivers to find out why Joey Logano is so excited about these Mustangs and also why this weekend is a huge opportunity for the organization. More from Michigan when we come back. Stay with us. This from Denny Hamlin for our Throwback Thursday. Above is the first time that Hamlin met his boss, Joe Gibbs, who signed his 1992 Super Bowl hat. Denny lost the hat on a school bus just a couple weeks later, but below is a new hat that his sponsor recently presented him with, and he says all he needs now is a fresh signature from the coach. What do you think, Kyle? Nice hair. Nice hair. People make fun of my hair. Nice hair, Denny. Nice hair. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate your input. Uh, Listen, Denny's teammate, Daniel Suarez, is going to be a special guest during our pre-race coverage on Sunday. So he's going to join Krista and Kyle on top of the Peacock Pit Box. Suarez also joined Nate Ryan this week on the NASCAR on NBC podcast, and he talked about learning English through television and movies and also what his current hot streak on the track means for his team heading into Michigan. You can find the pod on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you find podcasts, pretty much. Uh, The first Mustang was made over a half 
decade ago, has a very long history in racing outside the highest level of NASCAR. On Wednesday, though, the 10 millionth Mustang rolled off the assembly plant in Michigan. Can you believe that? And today, Ford unveiled the Mustang that will be making its debut in the Cup Series next season. Earlier, we heard from Stuart Haas Racing. Marty Snyder also spoke with Team Penske's Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney as we go back to Marty. Well, fun day here at Ford World Headquarters with the debut of the brand new Mustang for 2019. We'll start with this guy, Joey Logano. That's a pretty cool looking race car, isn't it? Oh, it looks great. And uh, hopefully it's fast. It's neat to uh, see the new Mustang. And um, after they just announced they built the 10 millionth Mustang, like that's the coolest thing. So uh, for something to have so much history behind it uh, since 1964 and to see, you know, a lot of people own Mustangs. So you can see their car on the racetrack now. I think that's something really neat. It's an honor for me to drive it and uh, can't wait to drive it into a victory lane that looks something like this behind us. Well, he mentions the heritage of it, Ryan. So, I mean, I think you couldn't pick a better nameplate, could you, to be in the Cup Series? No, you couldn't. You know, I think you know, that's the number one performance sports car, I feel like. And and that's why it should be in, in the Cup Series. And I think Ford Performance, they've done an amazing job um, of recreating the Ford Mustang here to the Cup Series um, at the, well, at the same time, you know, making it a really great performing race car. So I can't wait to get on the racetrack uh, come February in Daytona, and uh, hopefully we can get a Mustang in victory lane at the 500. How about all the proposed rule changes for next year, Joey? That throws a whole other loop into things, doesn't it? Because it looks great right now, but it could be a completely different car by the time you get on the racetrack. Yeah, and that's why you got to have something that you can be nimble with and change and, and be able to adjust and um, and all that's thought about, right? And because we don't really know exactly where we're going to be, not just this year, to next year, to next year, right? You got to kind of think down the road more than just one year down the road. So, um, you know, I think Ford and the race teams, everyone's worked together to build this car. Uh, no one did it on their own. So it's neat that to see all the Ford teams work together as one and uh, put all our ideas together and make the fastest Mustang we possibly can. Well, you mentioned that effort of a, of a combined effort. How much of this was all the Ford teams working together to get it to where it is right now? A lot of it, you know, and, and kudos for Ford to do that, uh, to go out there and say, hey, Stuart Haas or, or Penske or Front Row who Roush, whoever and say what do you need at the racetrack to have a faster race car um, or a car that's more adjustable um, something easier to work on those type those type of questions and, and try to come up with what's the best things we can do um, from even from a durability standpoint uh, little things like that that uh, sometimes get overlooked if you didn't ask the race teams that are going through the little things and the little nitty-gritty things all all year long so um, you know, Ford did a great job with that so that's why we can't wait to get this thing on the track all right, Michigan this weekend, these guys both know how important that is for Roger Penske, the captain. So I want to ask you, Ryan, you guys showed a lot of speed at Kentucky last time you were out, finished second in that race. So is it a similar package you could bring this weekend to Michigan with the development you've made at these intermediate tracks? Maybe a little bit. You know, Michigan's a little bit bigger than Kentucky, but it's a really smooth racetrack just like Kentucky is. And I think there are things you can transfer between the two. And we actually had a really good car the first race uh, at Michigan this year. So you just try to, you know, learn from the previous races and uh, your most recent track that is similar to the one coming up and just try to apply that stuff. And uh, we'll see. But it is a very big opportunity for us to try to get in victory lane, not only for Ford, but for RP as well. And um, it'd be a pretty big deal. Hopefully we make that happen. All right. They know the captain wants a victory at MIS. That's always the case for Team Penske. Thanks, Marty. Up next, we are putting Kyle Petty to the test, pitting the best drivers in the sport against one another and having Kyle choose who is going to come out on top at Michigan. Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott, Brad Kay or Eric Jones, who you got? Those matchups and more next.
NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. So tomorrow it's a fan edition of NASCAR America live from Michigan at 6 Eastern here on NBCSN. Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, Ty Dillon, everybody's going to join us and we may have a few surprises up our sleeve as well. So be with us at 6 right here tomorrow. In the meantime, Chase Elliott, one of many drivers auctioning off autographed skeleton gloves that were used during last weekend's race at Watkins Glen. You may have seen them. All the proceeds are going to the Dale Jr. Foundation, and right now there are about 25 bids or so. And as you can see, the going price, almost $9,000 for Chase. He even mentioned yesterday that he would maybe try bidding on them too, so maybe he's one of those secret bidders. Uh, he has three second-place finishes at Michigan, Kyle, in five starts. He's coming off a huge win. Then you have Kyle Larson, won three out of the last four at Michigan, winless so far in the yeah. season. So we're going to play who you got. Who are you taking between these two? Wait a minute. There's somebody at the door. No. <laughs> it's not Kyle Larson. He's not shown up since Chicago, so Kyle was not knocking on the door right then. I take Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott is my guy. He's coming off three strong races, and I know people are going to – Pete pick Chase – or. Pick Kyle Larson for his fantasy. And I'm totally, he's not even in my fantasy league this week uh, because I have not heard from him since Chicago. Chase is coming off of Pocono, New Hampshire, and the win at Watkins Glen. He's on a streak. Chase beats Kyle Larson. Wow. All right. What about Brad Keselowski and Eric Jones? You got two guys from Michigan, two guys without a win at this track. Which one do you think out of these two has the advantage? Mm, you know, that's tough. Uh, but I'm going to go with, with Eric Jones. I'm sorry. Another what? kid that's on really? a another guy that's on a hot streak. I mean, look, if you can walk out of the house with a mullet, you need to be chosen. <laughs> that's how simple it is, and he's done that. All right. So he wins at Daytona. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of it was a crash fest, but he wins, and he's been on a little bit of a hot streak. Some top fives, some top tens, um, and I, I think he is a lot more competitive at this point in time in the season than what I've seen. Brad. Brad's a good seventh, eighth place car. Um, Eric Jones is a good top five car, maybe a winning car. That's fascinating so far because I was kind of leaning towards the opposite of what you said for both of those choices. What about the big three? If you put all the big three, <laughs> if you put all the big three together, who um, who are you going to take out of this group this weekend? Uh, you know what? I'm taking Kevin Harvick. Um, you know, coming off of, of the announcement with the Mustang, coming off of last week, I don't think they performed up to where they wanted to be. They had a top ten finish, but they did not contend for the win. We saw the way he ran at Pocono. Uh, I think we'll see a pretty dominant performance out of him this week, and I think he will leave uh, no, no question that he is for real and that he can run on any racetrack anywhere. I think Michigan's his place. All right, let's not forget about the Xfinity Series, uh, Kyle, that's at Mid-Ohio. So Daniel Hemrick came in second there last year. Would you take Hemrick over, let's say, Brendan Gaughan in his first Xfinity race of the season? Okay, first, South Point is the winner because they're sponsoring both of these cars. So let's just say they're the winner. Uh, but, yes, I take Daniel Hammer. I love Brendan Gaughan, okay? And if it's a talking contest, I got Brendan Gaughan, hands down. He's my man. He's my partner. Uh, but on the racetrack, I'm taking Hemrick. Okay, and the last one before uh, we wrap this up, Christopher Bell, four wins on the year, huge story. Let's throw him up against Justin Marks, won this race back in 2016. Yes. Any any chance you would take Justin Marks in this matchup? Yes, I take Justin Marks in this matchup. I don't take Christopher Bell. He, I mean, he's never run many road courses. He comes from a flat state out in the middle of Oklahoma. They don't even have twisty roads there. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, um, that'll do it for us. We're back again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. Special fan edition of NASCAR America. Chase Elliott, Ty Dillon, Eric Jones will be our guests on the show. Coming up right now, brand new Dale Jr. download. <coughs> Drop in here. Enjoy. <laughs>